welcome to the Towson edition of Average Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Smith. And I'm Jonathan Shaw. So today we're going to be reviewing uh, these three that we experienced this past weekend down at JMU. And then we'll be giving a short little preview of what we think will happen in national. Cool. And no dog barking will be had on this edition of Towson AJP. Yes, because... John came to me, and I didn't have to go to his place. Exactly. All right. So, exactly. So starting off, we're going to go uh, with the first match of the day. That was Grand Valley versus Kent State, where Grand Valley won four to nothing. Uh, John, I know you guys were playing Maryland, and I was filming you guys, so I didn't really get a chance to watch. But mm-hmm. what do you think of the result? Well, man, it's see, this is a tough one because Kent had a really, really good day. Besides this match, um, and I would have liked to see you know Kent State take a point away from Grand Valley to, like, solidify, like, that they were, that they, you know, they have, like, the potential, I don't, I want to say, kind of, to beat Grand Valley, because besides a couple key players, like, I know Josh Sher wasn't there from Kent State, Sean, do you know anyone else who was really missing? Um, not off the top of my head. Like, none of their big names were, like, missing, correct? I don't think so. Um, Alfred Kwan, who was there oh. back in September, uh-huh. I, I don't know if he's going to be a Nationals, but he wasn't there. Gotcha. Um, and Grand Valley only brought 15, and I mean, 4 nothing for the number one and number two teams in the standings, like, directly, just directly, I would have liked to see a point taken away from Kent State. Um, you know, Grant, I mean, four points from Kent State, you know, Kent State <clears throat> is a slower down, slow the ball down type of team. They don't transition like Grand Valley does. They slow it down and they can run a lot of styles. So to see like four, like it, to, I would have, if it was like two nothing or like three to one or something, I would have been a little bit more encouraged, but four nothing, not what I wanted to see if I was Dan Shackelford uh, from Kent State. Sean? Uh, yeah, and I'm sure Dan th- uh, feels the same way that you do, that he would have liked to see a point come out of there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I didn't really get the chance to watch it, so I can't say, you know, like, who did what, or, yeah, you know, like, if someone, if one side did one thing so much better than the other, or one side just, like, completely blew something compared to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's leave it out there and say that, like, point-wise, <clears throat> I was kind of surprised, because, you know, Kent State is Kent State, and they're, you know, a solid team all around, but I talked to Dan a little bit before the day started, and he said that, you know, they're missing, you know, some guys along the way, so... I might not be surprised that Grand Valley came out winning that match because it's not the uh, the lineup that Kent's going to have at Nationals. No, nope. but I'm more just surprised about the end result of it. I agree. Yeah. All right. So while that match was going on, uh, Towson was playing Maryland, and for yeah. the first time this season, uh, we lost to Maryland, um, yeah. two to nothing. So John, you know, I saw some things while you guys were playing. Uh, what do you think happened? Yeah. Well, first note that you were out this entire tournament. For everyone that doesn't know, Sean was out uh, because of his uh, jaw surgery. So Sean, it was actually kind of a nice little uh, different perspective because I got one of my captains like watching like from like a. From a fan perspective, you know, like sat in the upper room and recorded our game, so he got to see what I did. And sometimes when I was in the game, um, uh, I'll man. tell you right now, it sucked sitting on the side. It, I'm sure it did. I'm I'm very aware. I'm sure it did. Um, first of all, congratulations to the University of Maryland. Uh, we had won four consecutive matches from uh, Maryland dating back to last year. Yeah, they went. Uh-huh. They got the first four. We got the last four, and then they took this one. Exactly. Um, so this this was a big win for Maryland, and it set the tone to how they were going to uh, approach the rest of their day. Um, all around, like with who Maryland brought for to who Towson brought, they just they just played better. They they made less mistakes than we did. 
Um, and they kept their big two or three throwers in the majority of the game. Would you agree with that, Sean? Yeah. Their, their big two or three throwers, were, they kept them in. Yep. Um, and uh, Towson, um, I, you know, I never like like personally thrown out like like my name or anything, but I personally thought I did not play very well against Maryland. Um, and you know, like I'm not throwing like I'm not like, best player, but you know, when you have like one or two of your like, big throwers down like really early in matches, you know, it's hard to you know it's hard to come back from that when you're down like seven or eight eighteen members. Like that's when you need your varsity players that are there to really step up. And I I didn't do that against Maryland. Um, Dylan already, I talked to him afterwards, he came out with a plan and he knew how he wanted to beat us. Um, he knew they had to take my, well, not specifically myself, but our big throwers out earlier because that was our strength against Maryland in the past. And they took it down and they were smart when they were up to nothing, when there was like 15 minutes left, they, they played conservative ball and they made sure that, you know, even if we took a point, there was only like two or three minutes left. Um, Sean, what did you think? You got the best eye from this entire Entire match. Well, the first one, I'm going to say that I'm proud of you because you didn't do the typical John Shaw that our team has dubbed that. And for those who don't know, the John Shaw move is to, at one point, you know, stay on one side of the court and look like he's going to stay over there and work with someone. And then just out, out, of, the, out of the blue, just run to some other area of the court and think that he's got someone lined up and try to nail him and most times he gets caught because he goes up by himself or if he yeah. does or if he doesn't get caught he gets nailed because yeah. he goes up by himself i know i'm trying I'm but trying. but no i um you didn't do it so i'm proud of you for that thanks Sean. Thank um but no i mean what i saw really from our team was a lot of individualistic play because i think some of the guys who are on varsity um that were working with our jv guys yeah, they came in today and they saw the fact that we had to play Grand Valley, we had to play Kent, and you know I knew right from the beginning some of them, which is some of the things that they were saying, they didn't want to have to go through that because right. they were just they were mentally out of it from the beginning, so they were more just focused. I think right off the bat on uh, you know just getting their own as opposed to actually you know working as a team and getting a quality winner too for the day. Yeah, and I think you know had you guys been working as a team from beginning to the end, I don't know if the result would have been the same because Maryland did come out and they were ready to go right from the beginning. Yes, they were. Um, yeah, I don't know if the result would have been different, but I don't think that you guys would have gone pointless. Um, the other thing is just it's always been the bane of our team. Uh, we cannot catch. No. Um, at least, okay. like, if we do, it's not consistently. No. And we lost our best catcher. This was his last tournament, unfortunately, because he's getting Tommy John surgery. Uh so that that doesn't help. That doesn't hurt. Yeah, it helps. So hopefully the improvement I did last semester on catching shows up when I return this semester. I hope I, it does. I I yeah. won't be at Justin's level, but I yeah. I hope that will be the main area yeah. that I contribute when I come back. Yeah. And let's throw out that you know we were down like our a big big group of our core players. Would you agree, Sean? Definitely, but I don't I don't want to throw that out there it's, just because uh, it, Maryland beat us. I I think we were pretty evenly matched. I really do. I think we could have beat them. I think they could have beat us uh, with the team I, we had. Honestly, I think they had you guys from the beginning. Just, they? Okay. just because, no, just fair. because they like they made you play into their style. It's true. Yeah, and you know, Maryland, I, I heard you guys yell out "Stallwall" before the beginning, so I appreciate the fact that you guys are <laughs> right? still making fun of me for that. That's so, funny. so it, it was a good humor bit from while I was standing up there on the track. You're lucky they weren't playing; they would have taken you out in a heartbeat. Uh, and I would expect nothing less. I right expect now. nothing less. 
All right, so once again, congratulations for Maryland taking us down for the first time this year. Well done. All right, Sean, ready to move on? Yeah. All, All right. right, JMU versus Maryland, and JMU took this match uh, four to nothing. Mm-hmm. This is when we were playing Miami of Ohio, correct? Yep. Okay. Um, Did you you saw this game, didn't you? I, I saw bits and pieces. Okay. Um, and you know what I saw again? I I think Maryland. Again, I didn't see like every single point all the way through, so I don't know exactly what happened. So from the bits and pieces I saw, I'm gonna try to give the best like definition of what I saw happen. Go ahead, shoot it out, man. I think Maryland tried to do the slow down pace again that they um they had when they took out JMU up in Maryland last That's semester. Um, but team this time. Yeah, I think it was apparent that JMU had their starting lineup back in. Um, but yeah, I, I think. My biggest surprise was just that Maryland didn't even get a point because, you know, again, Me I, too. I, like, I was harsh with them at the beginning of the semester, undeservedly so, and Maryland is a much better team than I gave them credit for uh, to begin the season, and, um, you know, I'll make a point about them later, but, you know, I, I would have expected them to at least take a point or two because right now I think the fact that they're, that, like, they have their strategy down a little bit better than we do, I think they're a little bit better of a matchup to go against JMU at the moment than we are. I think, and I'll say it for before, I think I've said it from the beginning, Maryland's going to be a sleeper team come Nationals. I, I really think so. I think when they see the teams like Central Michigan and maybe, I don't know, Western <coughs> Kentucky that have not seen them yet, yeah. I think they could possibly pose a problem for them. You know, just possibly, you know. That's I, think it'll, I think it'll be a tight game, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, and, you know, no really surprise from the end result. Um, I didn't, none of us picked, neither of us picked Maryland to win this match. No. But I, like you said, I thought it was going to be a little closer. Um, especially coming off like a big win, you know, big win, you know, taking down Towson for the first time of the year. And they were amped up. Like, they were as amped up as, like, JMU when they, like, um, maybe not beating, like, in the past when I've seen, like, JMU, like, take down, like, Kent State or take down us in, let's say, a relatively close match, which has, which has not happened yet. No. No. Um, but, yeah, no, they were they were amped up after taking down us. And I was, I was thinking, like, all right, come on, Maryland. Like, you know, you just took down us. You know, show it. Show it again that you can compete with uh, JMU. And, you know, there's no disagreement. JMU's obviously their better talent. But, you know, the last couple matches they've had, we've talked about this. JMU's beat them only 2-1, to one, and then Maryland beat them 2-1. to one. Yeah. So I was expecting maybe just a little bit closer match than a 4 nothing again. Yeah, and, you know, maybe, uh, uh, maybe just JMU remembered what happened last time. And, yeah, I think JMU got a lot of grief from some teams uh, outside of the East Coast that, you know, oh, whoop de do, you know, JMU lost to Maryland, so they, they must not be as good as, that you know, they're made out to be. Yep. Um, and nothing against Maryland. It's just JMU didn't have their full lineup the last time that they played them. No, not so, I'm not saying that you know they're better or worse than they are. I think that game was just unfair to make an assessment about JMU because they didn't have their full roster. No. Um, but again, nothing against Maryland because, no, like I said Maryland. just a few seconds ago, they're better matchup against JMU right now than we are. I would agree. Um, all right, Sean, let's move on to the next match on the list, uh, which was Towson versus uh, Miami of Ohio. Yeah. Um, so Towson won that off a of forfeit. Um, but the real score was four to two. But the in, real, in Miami's favor. The real score was four to two in Miami's favor. Um, so we got beat against Miami, and it was very discouraging for me um, as the captain, um, and I'm sure for Sean. Um, now I'll, I'll just throw this out there: the lineups I put in were to get some of the even the B team members 
that had not gotten a big shot versus Maryland to get their shot now. Because I, I was aware that we were going to, no matter what the score was, 5 nothing, that we were going to take home this victory. <clears throat> that being said, after we got down one nothing, I pretty much put in what was what was of left of our, like, eighteen and everyone, and they still beat us. And they beat us with nine players. Oh. Nine, nine players. The honest truth that you didn't see during the game that I saw from the sidelines was that the A-team guys, I'm not going to throw Joe under the bus because I didn't really, I didn't see Joe that much, but some of the guys that are A-team that were like the upper tier of our A-team guys uh-huh. that we brought, uh, they, um, I think we told them before the match that... I told I told them before the match. Yeah, and... Them. You know, they heard that like it was an automatic forfeit win, and they didn't go all out. So Knowing that we had Kent State and Grand Valley to still come. Well, yeah, but at the same time, you know, they heard automatic win. Yeah, and I think just because they knew that they were going to have two really tough matches coming up after that, that since they knew they were taking home a victory, they didn't want to take it as seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, honestly, they just didn't. Uh, so... I can't say whether we're better than Miami right now because the score sheet says that we're not, and that's really frustrating to me. But Sucks. yeah, just at this point, Sucks. it is what it is. I, you know, personally, I think if we had our A team, then we. I don't would. think it's very close. No, I think that we would have beaten Miami pretty handily. But that's a, that's a different did. story. Yeah. Um, what is number one's name for Miami of Ohio? Oh, I don't even know because yeah. he, he doesn't have his last name. Doesn't have his last name, and I, f- I forgot to ask. But number one from Miami of Ohio is easily, I'd say, their best player. Good catcher. Um, best arm. Best arm all around. And really cool guy. Got a chance to talk to him when I was in the Kent State JMU game, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really good guy. Um, and he's he, – you know, I, I'm telling you, I've, I told it on the last podcast on Miami of Ohio was the team that I, I said on our first podcast that – People need to have a little bit more respect for it because, like, they came out with nine guys, and if they came out with like a decent six or like five or six players more, I'm telling you, they're no joke in this league. And um, you know, Sean and I have had this discussion before when he put out earlier his Miami, his Ohio rankings, mm-hmm. and he had Miami of Ohio ranked 21st. Correct? That was correct. Mm-hmm. I completely disagree with that. I personally think they're a top 13, 14 team if they can fill a full 15 man team. And they're someone that you know you can't take lightly when they come nationals if they bring a full fifteen because they can play, they can play. Yeah, and the whole reason I told you I put them that low was because it seems like this year it's a struggle for them to bring the full, to bring the full fifteen, even the full ten. So until that's true, until like I either hear or see them with the full lineup, I I can't really put them any higher because I've heard or seen other teams that are able to bring the full lineup. Gotcha. So that's the main reason why they're down there. But you know we'll leave that there. Okay. Um, and then we'll uh, transition over to the Grand Valley tossing game. Okay. Uh, this was our first ever matchup against them. Yeah, it was. It was actually, despite the score, it was a real pleasure to play Grand Valley uh, for the first time. Uh, got some chance to talk to Kevin Bailey, and you know, you've been looking forward to playing them for a, a long, long time, time, a long time. Um, you know, I talked to Kevin before. Um, it's it, it it. I've said before. I would have really liked to play teams that we've only seen once a year so far, like Kent State and Grand Valley, with our full A team because. Look, I'm not taking away anything from the teams that that beat us or anything, but we were down seven or eight of our core A team members, like our above average A team to like right in the middle, and it killed us. It killed us not having them. Um, when you go in, and we're Towson, we're the number five team in the nation. We've already agreed we're not there. Just, we're not just on record. We just, are. We're what? Just on record, we are. 
and you know you see Grand Valley, and you know they have a full fifteen. And everyone that I talk to at that tournament, it's like, yeah, like they're 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 the fifteen they have are like almost their full eighteen. Um, and you go in, and all we're trying to do is like just honestly with the team we have, it's like just take a point, like be competitive. Uh, props to Chris Thomas, one of our members, because it was two nothing. Uh, yeah, two nothing. Two nothing at the end. at the first half with three minutes left. And it was uh, no, no, it was three nothing because they, they scored yeah, three yeah. points a half. And at this point, we're just trying not to get humiliated, seven or eight to nothing. Um, and he had two and a half minutes left with one of our B team members, Kim, who hung in there. She, she and she did yeah, a job. For what it was worse. She played really she well. Played, she did play well. And Chris hung in there for two and a half minutes with a 10-second shot clock against like eight or nine minimum. It might have been 10 Grand Valley members. And at least able to give us, you know, I don't say any motivation, but I'd say a little motivation. He hung in there. It was a good It was a good stall for the last two and a half minutes. Uh, but he, yeah. he fought. Yeah. Uh, Towson's never seen, we've never seen anything like Grand Valley's transition. It's ridiculous. And, like, I saw it when Grand Valley and Saginaw Valley posted their video from earlier this, like, first semester up. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, you guys, I was like, are we, are you guys kidding me right now? I was like, is this really the transition game these teams beat? Because we are not used to that. We don't practice it. And it, it caused completely off guard. And they, it was unreal, man. They're so, all of them, just, like, ten of them at the same time. They just go together. It's, it's. The best way to describe it is they're just really disciplined. They are. Uh, that like they know what their strategy is and they stick to it. And they have guys that, well, I mean, like their head guy uh, Kevin. You know, when he they when he says that. something, you know, they listen to it and mm-hmm. they don't question it um, because you know, like they know Kevin's been there and done it before and, and learned from guys like Trapetti and or I'm sure he has. I can't speak for him, but I'm sure he has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting to see and. You know, while you guys were playing, uh, at one point while Grand Valley was pressed up on your neutral line, um, you know, I was talking to Kevin on the side for a little bit because he didn't have a ball. And you know, he, he told us that, or he told me that you know, it was clear where the talent line was drawn on the team. But he said that the upper talent they saw was really good. And you know, he said... He that, said that, really? Yeah. Well, and, thanks, Kevin. You know, and he said, you know, I can't remember the exact words, so I'm just going to paraphrase and say that it'd be a pleasure to see us you know with a full roster he told that to me too he yeah. said he really wanted to see us before the match with our full a team yeah so i hope we see him at nationals i really hope we get grouped in the same uh bracket before the single elimination i don't i want the best possible seed for elimination day i want to see him again i don't want to get stuck against western kentucky again in the first round so let's just be honest about i that. just want to see grand valley um and <laughs> yeah I'll I'll save a little bit more for Grand Valley that I have with for later matches, but all around best team we've seen, Sean. Any yep. like this year, I would agree. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll stick with that. Yep, best team. Yep. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Kent State and University of Maryland, and Kent State took this match two to one. This was the sort of match I was expecting to come out of not only this game but mm-hmm. Maryland playing JMU, low scoring and Maryland making it a good game. But um, Dan told me afterwards, or I think it was Dan, it was one of their guys, um, that you know what happened was just they they weren't playing well, and Maryland was playing you know once again to their strategy, and um, you know Dan says because or that part of the reason might have been because some of his guys weren't there again. Sorry, not to throw Dan out there. Whoever it was that told me it, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that they didn't have their full lineup, and it was apparent in a game like that, but. 
I don't know if that's more so much like, you know, throwing the book at Kent State. I think it's more just like an attribute to how good Maryland really has the capability of being. I completely agree. Um, I talked to Dylan Allred after their match, and I believe, I believe if I remember hearing correctly, that it was 1-1 going into the third point that Kent State took yep. to go up 2-1. Yep. And um, everyone doesn't know, I've I'm lived two minutes away from Dylan. We grew up together. Uh, we were friends for a long time. And Dylan's a straight-up guy. And it was the first time I've ever heard him tell me this, but he really felt like Maryland should have beat Kent State. And you know what? If if and I neither of us got to see any of that match, and I don't know who played well, who didn't play well. But if he really believes that, then I believe that he really that Maryland thinks they should have beat Kent State in that match. Um, I know he was saying that they were at a, a, a decent advantage, I believe, in that third point, like a six to four player advantage. And then Kent State fought back and won it, which is exactly what happened in the JMU Maryland match last year, last semester with the one-one score and Maryland being up like four to two players, and then JMU being able to claw their way back. So I'm telling, I'm, I've, I've said it before, Maryland can compete with Kent State, JMU. They're they are not a scrub team from the East Coast, and people need to watch out for them when it comes national times because they can keep a close game with JMU, and they can keep a close game with Kent State. And you know what? You can hang with those two teams, and you're pretty solid, man. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, it, I don't think this is in any way a slight against Kent State. Nice ringtone. Thank you, train horn. Um, I don't think it's a slight against Kent State. Um, I think no, it, not at all. I, I think it's more just... Yeah, I think Maryland might be one of the most... A praise of Maryland. Yeah, over, the, over the course of the season, I think Maryland is one of the most improved teams in the league. Granted, I've only seen a select amount of teams this year. but at the That same we've time, seen, I would agree. Maryland's the most improved team I've seen. Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, we we may find out differently at Nationals, but... Hey, I never know. But right now, I think that's sort of like the award I'd give them for the year. I would agree. Yeah. So... What ended up being the match of the day came after this. Yes, let's go. So Kent, pumped to talk about this. Kent State JMU, which I walked into with only a few minutes left because we were out getting lunch, and you, for whatever reason, decided to skip lunch. I decided to not to get lunch and head ref this game, and I was so happy I did because this was the best match I've seen all year in um, dodgeball. So, God, who went up first? Um... Kent State, Kent State won the first point handily, um, just beat JMU down to a pulp. And then Kent State had a considerable man advantage, the second point. Like, I want to say a 10-to-5 player advantage. And it was looking like Kent State might run away with this match. And then a couple clutch catches by play, JMU players that I was not um, – I'm not very aware of, but their depth is unbelievable. Um, and JMU was able to fight back and tie it 1-1 um, before half. And then um, no third, third point at the end of the first half was nothing. Uh, they both pretty much played stall ball. And then Kent State came out the second half and won the next point to come up 2-1. to one. And then JMU tied it 2-2. Two, two. And then with like two minutes left, they just went into overtime. Um, all around Kent State's big players stepped up in pivotal moments. Like, I'm not going to say, like, they played amazing throughout the match because, you know, there's a bunch to see as, like, the head ref. But I saw instances of Fulmer taking over. 
Uh, Shackelford had a bunch of nice catches, and Fitzpatrick and Hinman all played their role throughout the day for Kent State. And, like, they were – I don't think I've ever seen Kent State, like, pumped up. For some reason, Kent State and JMU's match gets very intense. Like, I don't think – a bunch of their players don't like each other. Uh, they don't. Both teams just plain don't like They just each don't other. like each other. And – which I kind of get from the overall like way that I don't want to say it's played, but like the like JMU's like that really fast, like very confident team, and Kent State's kind of like the laid back, like show it on the court kind of team, and those two like mentalities clash. Those are not two mentalities you want to see, I guess, on the same time. They're just they they don't go together well. Um, and then it came down to overtime. And it was six on six. And I would say the six that each team chose were the six I would like. They just heavily, like, they heavily, they stacked their arms. Uh, they put a catcher or two in there. And I would say going in, the six for Kent State for the six for JMU were pretty even. Now, Sean, you got to see overtime. Yeah. Correct? Tell me what you saw from overtime. Uh, well, before I say anything, uh, we tried to do a podcast before the tournament, and I think, yes. we, I think we both had this game going we into overtime. We both had this game going into overtime. This, so, the, the previous podcast was not uploaded in time, so we just told Zig to scratch it. And I think we had the same score. We did. We both had 3-2, to two, except I picked James Madison to win. And I think I And you Kent. picked Kent State in, I guess, an upset? Um, I guess because I, I don't know used, what we can call it. But yeah, so... We, you know, good, good job, Sean. Congratulations, oh, man. Oh. You called it right. <laughs> All right, well, close, no, I, first off, small world that we had this, like, the same game going into overtime uh-huh. with the same score, and, like, that's actually how it ended up playing exactly. out. Exactly, just, I had just JMU, you had Kent State winning. Um, you know, honestly, though, when I picked the game before the tournament, I, I didn't know who to pick because I think anytime these two teams get together, no, regardless of the lineups, partially because, you know, it's clear that neither team likes each other. No. I think this is just a pickup game between two really good teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know Kent State won, but had JMU won, it wouldn't have surprised me. Wouldn't have surprised me. As yeah. much as it didn't surprise me that Kent State won, because both teams were equally capable of winning the match. I think it just happened to roll into Kent State's favor this round. Now, let's talk a little bit about what happened in overtime, because... For all, for anyone that doesn't know uh, from this match, as they haven't talked to NCDA members, Kent State slaughtered James Madison in overtime, five to one. Like it was at the end, it was a five to. They, was it? That yeah, one? it was. I uh-huh. thought I thought it was closer. Though. No, 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 it wasn't. Uh, Kent State just plain out beat James Madison in overtime, and it's interesting because it started with I was the head ref and I called uh, Fitzpatrick. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? Yeah, Ryan. Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick out. He was the first player out, and on a um, he stepped on the neutral line, and you know Fitz Wait. is a good guy. I called Fitz out because he stepped on the neutral line, and I called Fitz out. So actually, JMU was up onto a six to five player advantage, and then those five for Kent State took every single one of JMU's players out. And you know, here I am thinking like, oh my god, like Fitz stepped on line, I have to call him out, and that's one of their best players. Overall, so I call Fitz out, and you see JMU, they have all six, and they're amped up, they're ready to go, and then, do you remember what happened? Like, I, I got a little jumbled in it. Did Well, first off, uh, first off, we just botched Fitzpatrick's name, because for some reason we thought he was the ex-NFL quarterback and called him Ryan Fitzpatrick when his first name was Kyle. 
Oh, sorry, Kyle. So, yeah. I love uh, Kyle, too. Fit, I love fits, 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 My fits, bad. It's not bad, dude. Uh, I'm, I'm a little tired from running, but that's, that's, that's no excuse. No. Uh, and so, <laughs> and like I said, so Kent State just owned overtime, and this match depleted James Madison of their, like, everything. Like, it was just, it was a heartbreaking match to lose. And to lose it the way they did, like, it wasn't even close in overtime, for everyone listening. Like, at no point was JMU, like, in control in overtime. Kent State owned it. Um, I pass it was caught in overtime. Is that right? No, I think there was a point that they were even 3-3. Three to three Oh, wow. And I, I swear there was. And then someone from JMU threw a catch, which swung it back over into Kent State's I, favor. I don't remember, but, yeah. Regardless. I, I, I don't remember exactly what happened. Yeah, regardless. Um, one thing I want to take away, this is this was a small little thing, and this doesn't really have to go to how well the teams are uh, evenly matched, but when it was 2-1 to one, Kent State up to James Madison, there was an instant, uh, there was an instance where one of the James Madison players uh, threw a ball, and it went right over the head of Dan Shackelford, and, you know, I didn't see anything hit, and neither did any player or any fan. And, like, when it was tied 10-10 with Kent State up 2-1, to one, like, Dan Shackelford, he was honest, and then he stepped out. And I can't see it all as a head ref, and there were a bunch of players from both teams complaining, like, ah, oh, I hit him, oh, I hit him. But when you have a match like that, and you have a captain that is that's honest enough in this game, because... This is a game like it's all about honesty getting in and out. Like there was just some time you can't tell if it hit the player or not. And it was nice to see from like just like a whole NCDA how we like love the game perspective to see like Shackelford at least be honest enough to be like, hey, it brushed over my head, it hit me, and he stepped out. I know it doesn't have anything to do with how well the teams are or anything like that, but it should be noted that like Jack did like the right thing and I didn't see it, but he was, you know, he stepped up to like the NCDA like like being like the captain, I guess you could say mentality. You know what I'm saying, Sean? Uh, sure. I, I'm more just surprised that a ball is capable of sailing over Dan. Uh, Dan because <laughs> that's so true. Because he's really he's tall. Mammoth. He's a mammoth dude. Like it's it's hard to miss him like height wise, just because he's really tall. Yeah, but I'm saying he was he was honest with his call, which I appreciated from the ref's perspective. I appreciate that. Yeah. And this match comp- just depleted James Madison for the uh, rest of the day. Uh, I guess so. Um, so let's move on. Uh, let's go to Kenton Towson, uh, which okay. was three to one. Um, I didn't get to watch it because I was refing the uh, Grand Valley JMU game. Um, but I'll be honest, um, with the lineup that we brought, um, and just how tired I knew everyone would be at that point in the day, it pleasantly surprised me that we took a point from Kent. Me too. I was very very happy that we were able to take a point from Kent State and. Just to note, we, it was one nothing. the end of the first half with about 20 seconds left, and Chris Thomas was in. What about him? Yeah, uh-huh. And unfortunately, he uh, went to a block with two balls in his hand, and it hit his, the ball in his left hand and knocked that one out of his hand. And if he would have lasted 20 more seconds, it would have been about one, it would have been one nothing going in. Hot. But... I thought you were going to say he survived again. I was going to say the 26-year-old taking us to school. Yeah, taking again. us taking 26-year-old Chris Thomas taking us to the championships. Um, but not, not championships, no, um, just a school. Okay, shut up, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But um, all around Kent State, it, it's good to see him. Uh, Fulmer is scary when he throws the ball coming at you from 25 feet away. Trust me, I know. I'm normally on his side of the court, and, right? he, nailed, and he nailed me in the face over uh-huh. the summer. Um, the one thing Kent State does better than any team I've seen 
Uh, their chemistry on the court is is unbelievable. And Billy Cameron, having the best blocker in the league and Billy Cameron is nice when you can just be like, hey, Cam, go up and have some fun. And you have the best blocker and Billy Cameron coming in right behind him. And I can't tell you how many times I tried to get Fulmer out like after he threw. And Billy Cameron just comes out of nowhere every time. And that five-foot, like, six frame of his, and he comes from nowhere. and just a little taller than that. Is it? Okay, well, okay, 5'8". Let's go 5'8". Let's go 5'8". And he comes out of nowhere. And having the best blocker in the end league with one of the best arms in the league, that's a deadly combination. And they took Fulmer slash Cameron, were able to take us out on several points, like five or six of our best players. And then Chad, I mean, they're just, they're all they're all around good. And I'm t- having Fitz back is big for them coming into Nationals because he's got the experience and he's ready to win. All of them are ready to win. Yeah, but um, they have, you know, other experience around where it's, yeah, not, yeah, it, yeah. it's not just Fitz providing it. No, no, I'm just, I'm just throwing his name out. Yeah, no, and it is big to have him back. But, you know, from what I heard, you know, they you could tell that they would have liked to have Alfred Kwan with them or another yep. guy like they have back home. Um I, I can't think of any other names off the top of my head. And I don't know his name, but number 25 for Kent State, he's one of the – he looked like a new guy. I had never seen him before. But number 25 for Kent State caught, like, 12 balls in this match. Like, a couple of them for me and a couple of them from our best thrower, Joe Tobin. And he was, like, he was like lingering, like, 20 feet away, like, 15, 20 feet away, just, like, baiting me, baiting me two or three times. And he caught me, like, at least twice. And I've never heard of him before, but twenty number twenty five for Kent State was is another player that you have to watch out for on top of their big names. I don't know who it is, but no, I can't remember. Yeah, remember. good good catcher. Speaking of numbers, though, real quick, uh, as a final note on this game, did it confuse you at all that Billy Cameron changed numbers? No, I didn't even notice. He's, he's not three point one anymore. He's twenty one now. Is he twenty one? Yeah, Billy, what are you doing, man? You gotta stay with twenty five, stick with three point one four, man. Nah, I love him do whatever. Yeah, that's true. Let him do it. All right, so moving on, um, Maryland played Miami uh, after that, and you know again Miami lost due to forfeit, but the score was five to nothing in Maryland's favor. Get um, Maryland, what? I just don't get it. What, what about them? Like, so we're even with them all around, and then I don't know, man. Like Miami was a good team, like, and to beat them five to nothing, like I was expecting Miami to take a point or two away from Maryland. This game to be a little closer than five nothing. Like, is Maryland really, like, that good? Like, is Maryland able to, like... Well, I told you from the beginning. They played to their strategy, and their strategy won out. And, like, I think the reason why you're you're thinking that just because we've been close to them all year that, you know, Miami was a little bit better was just because, you know, when we were close with them all year, we, A, had Mm -hmm. a full lineup, B... You know, we we could make up for some of the gaping holes that we have True. in our strategy. Um, whereas opposed to like you know this tournament that we couldn't, and maybe Miami just because they were already at a six player disadvantage mm-hmm. couldn't do. Uh, Maryland was definitely one of the winners in this tournament, taking oh, yeah. down Towson, taking down Miami, and then keeping it close with Kent State in the two to one. They were definitely one of the winners in this tournament. And if they don't have another <clears throat> tournament till nationals, they can go in with their heads up high, knowing that they can compete. With the best, yeah. Although the best. I think at this point their sights aren't really set on us. I think they're set at Jamie. I, I agree. Um, and let's also note that Maryland was supposed to play Grand Valley at the last match of the day, but for some reason it didn't go down. I don't know why. Neither of us do, so we're just going to leave it. We're at just going to leave it that that game didn't play. But I would would have been interested to see what Grand Valley and Maryland. 
Yeah, I wonder if it was just a mutual decision yeah. because both teams were really tired and Grand Valley had to hike to get home. And those are two completely different playing styles, Grand Valley from Maryland. Uh, oh my God, the, transi- sort of. the transition of Grand Valley. But, but they're, the they're, both slow, they're both slow down teams. Grand Valley's not slow down. Grand Valley's the fastest team I've ever seen. May, like maybe in transition, but oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They're, they're, transition. Well, yeah, okay, transition. Yes, I see your point, but not overall. Like overall, they're okay. Yeah, that's fair. They like they transition and then they hold. Like they're they're not you know like the back and forth, back and forth, running gun sort of team. That's fair. Um, um, all right. So I, I mean, skipped over this for because um, I want I wanted it to be the last one that I talked about. Let's but do it. Uh, the last game that you know we're going to talk about while John and the rest of my team was over playing Kent State was JMU versus Grand Valley. Sean, um, you were you were the head ref. Tell us what you saw, my friend. Uh, I was the head ref for this game, and um, I think I'm just going to completely skip over talking about the game because what I saw out of JMU is not what I consider to be the real JMU. And what do you mean by that? I think their match against Kent State. Honestly, I think they were just kind of mentally exhausted, which, you know, with a match like that... I Anyone, think, any team would be. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I think they were upset, re- very reasonably so, because they lost to Kent State, and, you know, I I don't think 4 to nothing is a score that's really indicative of what a real matchup between Grand Valley and Jamie would be like. I think it'd be a lot closer, and uh, I think both Grand Valley... Or not, I'm sorry, not Grand Valley, JMU and Kent State, who both lost to Grand Valley at the same score, four to nothing. It's kind of coincidental. Um, yeah. But I think outside of the state of Michigan, I think those are the two best teams equipped to take out Grand Valley, and thusly because Saginaw recently beat Grand Valley, mm-hmm. they're also the best equipped to take out Saginaw as well. Because you know we can't leave them out of the conversation. Nope, no, we can't. Um, you know, I know like Ohio State might be capable of doing it because they have home court advantage at nationals, and I haven't seen them play yet this year, so I don't know anything about them. Uh, Kentucky might be, but from what I heard, they're struggling a little bit in comparison to next year. So right now, you know, I I'm not going to comment on the game. I'm not going to comment on anything that happened. Um, I'm just going to say that overall, this is not what I think will really happen if JMU gets a chance to play Grand Valley and not have such a mentally draining game gotcha. before they play them. Um, so where does – okay, so, Sean, from your perspective, so where does James Madison go from here? Because this is their tournament. This is their tournament. Like, this is their big time to shine against the best teams in the nation. And they lost to their, to their two most important games of the day, they lost both from one fairly even match right to the wire, and then you've grand value, you just beat them straight up. But this is not the way James Madison wants to enter nationals, taking losses from two of their probably arch rivals at this point in yeah. Kent State and Grand Valley. It's not where they want to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm gonna say Grand or not Grand. God, why do I keep saying Grand Valley? You're fine. Um, I think JMU is gonna do what. JMU does, and they're going to go to nationals. And you know, last year when we carpooled with them to nationals, you could tell they had a business-like approach. They did to going they in. They made their B team members wear like slacks and ties and dresses for their games. I wasn't arguing with it. If you're going to get dressed up nice, yeah, no, no, no I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying you're absolutely right. Business approach was right there. And I think you know, people always say you know, like it's just business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not personal. I think this year, it's business and it's personal. 
I would agree. Because you know, I think JMU is going to go in and say exactly what I just said, and like the way that they played is not the way that JMU is capable of playing. I agree. And maybe, maybe in some sort of sick fantasy world, this actually benefits them. Because in what way? Because you know, if they won those two games, yes, if they win, it you know not only does it prove to them that they're capable of beating them. But JMU already knows they can beat Grand Valley because they did it last year at pool play. They know they can beat Kent State because they did it earlier this year. Yeah, so they they already know that they can do it. It, It's not a matter of question of, like, capability or talent because they have the talent and they have the capability. I think more of it's just the mindset. And I think JMU is the kind of team where if they lose both matches like that, it'll benefit them because they'll be in the mindset of, we made a mistake. We're not going to do this again. And it's not just, you know, we're going to clean things up. It's we're going to do it. And while we're doing it, we're going to let out all of our frustrations and all of our angers about the fact that they lost. But they're going to do it in the right way. I kind of see where you're coming from. You're right. This could be this. This after this tournament, Jamie, you can look at this and either end of the spectrum. They can either take this as a learning experience or they can. I don't think this is on the other way happening, but they can kind of. No, I don't want to say let up a little bit. Well, they're, they're, no, they're they're not going to let up. No. JMU is not the team to get disheartened by a loss. They're only going to get more upset and come back firing the next time. Um, one more thing to take from this game, Sean. You want to talk about when it was three nothing? No, I don't. Okay, I will then. So we said it. I said it in our last podcast that did not wind up going up. If there's any doubt that Kevin Bailey is not all around the best player in this league. It was solidified in the fourth point of Grand Valley versus JMU. Kushan, you had wrapped this, and what did you say he survived? Uh, it was like, I think it was like seven or not, like somewhere between seven or nine players. Like, okay, so let's say seven. Let's yeah. say low. Let's let's say seven. Kevin Bailey survived a seven to one <laughs> player disadvantage in the fourth point and took down every single one of those seven members of JMU. And from what I heard, he had a couple nice catches, and he had a couple on-point throws. Sean, you saw. What What can you say? I'm choosing to not comment on this because I am in some hot water with some people with the way that they think I covered the game, and I'm just going to keep my mouth shut Okay, for better or worse. Okay, so that's fair. Um, I'll say this much. I think Kevin Bailey's the best player in the NCDA and on the best team in the NCDA. Uh, his, I've said it last, he has a mid to high 60s throw. And if you've never seen Kevin Bailey throw at you, the dip he has on his ball is unlike anything I've ever seen. You, It just it looks like it's coming right at like your chin or your head. And it just nails you in the knee to the leg. And if there's any doubt that he's not the best player, I think he solidified it this weekend in the NCDA that he's, he's the best player in this league. Yeah. I know you choose not to talk about it, which is fair. That's fine. But... Kevin Bailey, like, that was as impressive as his Michigan State. Everyone knows, if you've been around this league the last couple of years, the Michigan State versus Grand Valley match last year. That's the number one, like, most viewed thing on the NCAA page on YouTube, where it was overtime, and Kevin Bailey pretty much rode Grand Valley back and to lead Grand Valley over Michigan State 3-2 to two in overtime. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm going to comment in terms of, like, players in this game um, – I don't know if it's just because I've been fortunate enough to not have him throw at me yet, but I realized I think he's number 91, and if I get his number wrong, I'm going to apologize now, but Gunnar Kane from JMU has a freaking cannon 
Like, I've never seen it before. Like, Cassett-wise? Like, Andrew Hassett look alike? Yeah. And, I mean, Hassett's ball, like, it, it comes in hot. And yeah, no, it does. Hassett's ball is scary. It is. It's very um, scary. But, yeah, and... Gunner Kane, I, you're I, saying, the name, yeah. the name to remember? I, and I, th- I think it's Gunner Kane because I'm pretty sure I read the jersey. It said the last name was Kane, so I'm assuming okay. I'm assuming it's him. Okay. Yeah, again, if I got your number wrong or name wrong, I apologize. But whoever 91 is for JMU, uh, I'll be happy if he never throws at me. <laughs> all right. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, all right. But look, we only have a couple more minutes left. Yeah. We have practice tonight. All right. Ooh, dedication. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah right? I, I still can't play. You What's still can't play. Um, so let's... We'll do what we did last um, last podcast that we never got up. Upset special. Okay, upset special. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so I don't want to cover any teams that I've talked about today. I've already said Maryland and Miami of Ohio are teams that to look out for. Um, while I think a little bit, Sean, who do you have? Uh, I am going to go with one of those teams, and I'm going to say Maryland, having, okay. having never been in Nationals before, um... This is all, of course, contention on whatever pool play they get, who they get in the first round. But the upset special is whoever they get matched up with in the first round, unless it's one of the top four teams or top five teams in the country. Which it probably won't be. More Realistically. It's yeah, probably, it, real, realistically, it won't be. But mm-hmm. going into their first ever nationals, which most people don't do and you know we didn't do last year, I think they're going to at least make it to the quarterfinals and take out whoever they have in the first. You think round. you think Maryland's going to upset? Because Maryland realistically will probably be facing a team like Ohio State, Central Michigan, um, something like that. I mean, or it could be UWP. You know, they're it, right up there. You know, if if they play Central or Ohio State, am I going to pick Maryland to win? Probably not, especially Ohio State because it's you know the home the home, home court advantage. Yeah, uh-huh. But would I be utterly shocked if it happened? No. Okay. But, you know, if they played a UWP, I'm picking Maryland. If they played a Western Kentucky, um, because of what I heard, I guess, third-hand at this point uh, through the alumni podcast and what Leslie was saying, if they played Western Kentucky, which I've heard has had a little bit of tumultuous season, and Maryland wins that game, or, or you know, if they play, if Maryland plays them, I'm picking Maryland. Okay. Um, so I listened to the alumni podcast as well, and I – I like first-hand experience from people who have been in the league from what they saw. Um, I'm going to pick just where they're not at is Michigan State because they're obviously not the 11th best team in the nation. They're probably top seven or eight. Oh, they're ranked higher than that now. No, I don't think so. I, I think they are. Let's uh, – yeah. Okay, ranked, seventh. Yeah, seventh. they're ranked seventh. Okay, so they were 11th after this. Um, they're, I think that's right where about they are, but they – when they played Grand Valley, it was a 3-2 match. Mm-hmm. And I heard that there were a couple in that podcast, that there were a couple of arrogant throws from a couple of the Michigan State players. And Mike Van Ehrman, he's got the experience. And they know what it's like to be there, be at the big stage. And, yes, they did not win Nationals last year, but they rolled through some impressive teams last year to get there. And when you have experience, like you know what it's like, the feeling to get into to the national stage, to be at the top. I'm going to give Michigan State, like, they could be a sleeper semifinal team. Maybe even, I'm not going to say final right now, but they, they are a sleeper semifinal team that people need to be out for. You do not want to see Michigan State in your first match if you're like a team like us or you know any of like the teams that might finish like ninth or 10th because that's where they might fall. And they're obviously not there. They're better than that 8th or 9th or 10th spot. Yeah. 
Um, now that I think about it, I, th- I guess Maryland and Michigan State might be the two best candidates for most improved teams over the course of the season. I would agree. Yeah. When I saw them back in September, Michigan State, compared to where they were last year, was looking rough. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that team that you saw could have competed a 3-2 game with Grand Valley. A- absolutely. Not. Absolutely. So credits to like Mike Van Ehrman and everything he's doing at Michigan State. And I, I'm very excited to see Michigan State play at Nationals. Also, throw it out there, just... Uh, no, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Uh, no, I have to say it. Just watch out for Towson. I'm, I'm telling you, we're better than – we're not the fifth best team in the nation. I've never said we are. But we're a team that uh, – we're better than the games we've played. But, you know, every team can kind of say that, I guess. we we, we got to see the roster that we, we bring. Yeah, that's true. We, we need some core members there. Once, but, uh, uh, once we know the roster we'll bring, we'll be able to tell you whether you should actually look out for us or not. Exactly. And we'll have a full – Towson, we're going to have a full Nationals preview probably in about a month or so. Uh, probably. Probably do a month. Um, so yeah, Sean, you got anything else before we sign off? Uh, no, because we gotta get to practice. We gotta get to practice. All right, everyone, NCDA. Look forward to see everyone at Nationals. From Jonathan Shaw. I'm Sean Smith. Yeah, guys, have a good rest of your day. All right. All right. Thanks for listening to Average Joe's podcast. Be sure to check out more episodes of Average Joe's on iTunes or our website, ncdadodgeball.com. Until next time, just remember the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Bye-bye.